Welcome to another installment of Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. This is the channel that compares what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. So it was a while ago, almost a month ago, that uh, the, the uh, predicted rapture didn't happen. There were a lot of people who were cautious in their predictions and said, well, this is a hope. Other people who are reckless in their predictions, and, and still those who were being cautious were still being reckless. And so this episode of Fighting for the Faith is going to talk about why these um, <clears throat> predictions regarding the rapture failed and why every prediction regarding the rapture will fail. And the point here is, if you're out there and you claim that you're one of these rapture dreamers or uh, you're, you're, you're looking at the feast days and things like this and saying, this, this means that we should expect Jesus just to show up at the Feast of Trumpets, stop. Stop. I have lived through way too many false predictions. I was there when uh, when uh, Harold Camping put out his thing called 88 Reasons Why the, uh, the Rapture Will Occur in 1988. And then uh, 89 Reasons Why For Sure the Rapture Will Happen in 89. And then uh, his big, big, you know, rapture prediction that failed in, what was it, 2011? Yeah, it was just a complete mess. And here's the thing. You absolutely drag the name of Christ through the mud and you make unbelievers believe that uh, we are complete wingnut wackerdoodles because we're constantly predicting uh, the rapture and it never happens. We should never predict when this comes. And the reason being, and we'll show you from scripture in context, no one no one knows the day or the hour. You're not going to figure it out. And so you'll, you'll note that the disdain that people have for that passage of Scripture that Jesus spoke is palpable. And that is the problem. So uh, what we'll do here, let's uh, whirl up the desktop, and uh, I'm going to pull up my web browser. And we're not going to give too many examples here, uh, but we're going to just do a quick debrief, you know, and I'll use the TikTokers as an, as an example here. I, I don't think I've ever really reviewed TikTokers yet, but uh, I would note that it was TikTokers who really seemed to take the lead. So if you were on TikTok and you did, you know, a, 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 you know, a search for Rapture, September 25th, 2022, lots of stuff comes up. Lots of stuff comes up. So let's, let's take a look at at just an example here from this particular uh, TikToker, Aldofo underscore zero six underscore 20 underscore. Great name, Aldolfo. So how cool would it be if the rapture happened this weekend? And no, I'm not a date setter, so save your no man knows the day or the hour comments. Well, yeah, this has really aged well, hasn't it, Aldolfo, right? It's a savior, savior, you know, no one knows the day or the hour comments, right? Wouldn't it be cool? So this, the whole point is he's trying to create expectation that Jesus was going to return, that the rapture was going to happen on uh, September 25th. So just savior, you know, no one knows the day or the hour comes. Listen again to just the complete disdain for the words of Jesus, which he would be sober minded to take advantage, you know, to basically take into consideration here and sign silence himself, but watch what he does. So, how cool would it be if the rapture happened this weekend? 
And no, I'm not a date setter, so save your no man knows the day or the hour comments. Well, the road to the seven year peace treaty is well underway. And some of the most well-known respected rabbis in the world are claiming they're already meeting with the Messiah. And just a few hours ago, when the sun set in Israel, Rosh Hashanah began. Not only is it the beginning of the Jewish New Year, but it also begins the Jewish festivities known as the Feast of Trumpets. It began at sunset just a few hours ago in Israel and lasts for two days until sunset on Sunday night. And you don't really understand how the Feast of Trumpets works, do you? Oddly enough, coronavirus just put Israel on a 21-day lockdown. And a lot of these prominent rabbis are saying this is the last Rosh Hashanah without their Meshiach, their Messiah. But as these Jews carry out their festivities over the weekend, blowing trumpets, how awesome would it be if before Sunday night at sunset, we hear the last trump and Jesus calls us home. So All right. So that that's an example of one uh, TikToker. I'm, uh, here's another one. A high rapture watch from For His Glory Amen on uh, TikTok. Ten reasons for a potential Feast of Trumpets rapture September 25th through the 27th. And uh, I'm going to open this up over here. And you know, let's watch just for a little bit here. Well, God only knows the day or the hour. Here are ten reasons why the rapture could happen this weekend at the Feast of Trumpets. Number one, trumpet blasts. The foundational theme of the Feast of Trumpets is the sounding of the trumpets. And in the Bible that's associated with gathering his elect, his people, the coronation of the king, resurrection, a battle cry, and a time for wrath and judgment. Number two is Jewish tradition. Yeah, if you read your Bible, that's on, on behalf of the angels. The angels are doing the trumpet thingy. And it, we'll read some of these texts. The Jewish belief is that during the Feast of Trumpets, is when the resurrection of the dead occurs, when the wedding of the Messiah occurs, and when the judgment begins. Number three is the invisible moon. The Feast of Trumpets is when the moon is in its new phase, which starts the first day of the new month. The church, in the rapture, disappears, and that's also symbolized by the moon. Number four, the day and hour are unknown. The Feast of Trumpets starts when they first see the sliver of the new moon, the crescent, that's correct. And no one knows the day or the hour when they're going to see that sliver. And until then, the high priest is looking in the sky and saying, no one knows the day or the hour. But when he spots it, that's when they begin the festivals and start the Jewish New Year. Number five, the heavenly gates are opened. The Feast of Trumpets or the new moon are when they open up the eastern gates of Jerusalem. And the rapture represents when the holy people enter into the heavenly Jerusalem. So you're going to know, he, these are all the reasons why the rapture was going to happen on September 25th, 2022. And uh, when I'm recording this, it's almost a month later. Now, I what I was actually out of the country uh, on September 25th. And when I announced that I had yet again survived the end of the world and, you know, and that once again, people predicting the rapture had failed to predict the rapture, I was rebuked and told that my uh, scoffing at their failed rapture prediction was a fulfilled prophecy. Let, let me explain, all right? Uh, in Second Peter, it says, uh, this is now the second letter that I'm writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last day scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is 
the promise of his coming. For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago and that the earth was formed out of water, through water, by the word of God, and that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and the earth that are now that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept up, up until the day of judgment and the destruction of the ungodly. So the claim was by me pointing out that, uh, well, failed rapture prediction yet again. I've I've survived the end of the world more than 25 times now. I'm like a veteran when it comes, comes to surviving the end of the world. By me scoffing at their failed prediction regarding the rapture, I was told I was fulfilling this prophecy. No, I'm not. By the way, I'm a firm believer in the second coming of Jesus Christ, and I'm looking forward to it. I hope it happens soon, uh, because I don't know, have you seen the trajectory that the planet is on? We're headed for really, really bumpy times ahead, and uh, if Christ doesn't return, uh, life on this planet is going to potentially be pretty miserable. And I'm saying in the States, here in the United States and around the world. But all of that being said, no, I don't scoff at the return of Christ. I scoff at those foolish enough to ignore the words of Jesus that no one knows the day or the hour. So let's let's take a look at one more thing. All right. So this uh, there there's one video that this guy was a little more careful, but he tries to lay out the reasoning behind why they potentially very strongly potentially believe that the rapture could happen on September 25th through the 27th. Let's listen to his reasoning. Take place on Rosh Hashanah 2022, which begins on the evening of Sunday, September 25th and ends on the evening of Tuesday, September 27th. The Jewish prophet Amos records that God declared he would do nothing without first revealing it to his servants, the prophets. Taken out of context. From the Old Covenant to the New, Genesis to Revelation, God provides picture after picture of his entire plan for mankind. This is true. The scriptures lay out what God's going to do. And one of the most startling prophetic pictures is outlined for us in the Jewish feast of Leviticus 23. The Hebrew word for feasts, moed, literally means appointed times. God has carefully planned and orchestrated the timing and sequence of each of these seven feasts to reveal to us a special story. The seven annual feasts of Israel were spread over seven months of the Jewish calendar. Okay, so what they're doing is they're taking the uh, the seven Jewish feasts, okay, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, uh, the feast of weeks, trumpets, the day of day of atonement, and the feast of tabernacles. And you know, they're they're basically bracketing spring, you got your spring feast, you got your fall feast. And the claim is that the the feast of trumpets is a type and shadow of the rapture. Now I would note it is not a it is not completely off to, to say the Feast of Trumpets foreshadows the return of Christ. That I think I can agree with. It absolutely does. However, the Day of Atonement 
focuses us back on the real Day of Atonement, which is Jesus's uh, death on the cross. And there's kind of an interesting thing. Go into the book of Leviticus and read about the Day of Atonement sacrifices, and you'll note that there is one animal that is released, and the other one is sacrificed. When Jesus was on trial before Pilate, remember Pilate, he said, you know, he, he brought out Barabbas. Barabbas, by the way, that name means son of the father, Barabbas, yeah, Bar, the son of the father. And Pilate said, who would you like me to release to you, uh, Barabbas or Jesus? Uh, and they said, release for us Barabbas. So you'll note that the Day of Atonement, there's that releasing of one of the uh, of one of the animals, the scapegoat, and sending it off and, and sending to Azazel, off to the devil with you. Um, that is like completely fulfilled in the releasing of Barabbas. The Day of Atonement is a type and shadow of the day of Christ's resurrection and Jesus' atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world, your sins and mine. So, you know, so what they're basically trying to do is force the Day of Atonement into, a, you know, kind of a pre-trib rapture eschatological view and it just doesn't work. At set times appointed by God, they are still celebrated by observant Jews today. But for both Jews and non-Jews who have placed their faith in Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, these special days demonstrate the work of redemption through God's Son. The first four of the seven feasts occur during the springtime. These are Passover, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, and Weeks. And they all have already been fulfilled by Christ in the New Testament. The yeah, and that's actually true. So, you know, Christ is our Passover lamb who was slain. The Passover points again to Jesus's blood covering us and saving us from the destroyer. Uh, you, you look at the, the Feast of Pentecost, the, you know, the 50, uh, that is, that, and the first fruits that go with that, that's all, you know, kicked off with the kicking off of the church itself on the day of Pentecost. And you'll note that uh, that the basic argument is, is that because Christ dies for our sins at Passover and fulfills the type and shadow of Passover during the literal Passover, and that Pentecost occurs on the literal day of Pentecost, they're looking at this and saying, well, that then means that literally the rapture is going to take place on the Feast of Trumpets. That's their argument. The final three feasts, Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and Tabernacles occur during the fall, all within a short 15-day period. Many Bible scholars and commentators believe that these fall feasts have not yet been fulfilled by Jesus. Yeah, I'm sorry, but the Day of Atonement has clearly been fulfilled by Christ <laughs> because that's it's pointing to the once-for-all sacrifice of Christ on the cross. However, the blessed hope for all believers in Jesus Christ is that they most assuredly will be fulfilled. As the four spring feasts were fulfilled literally and right on the actual feast day in connection with Christ's first coming, these this is true, by the way. Three fall feasts is believed by many, will likewise be fulfilled literally in connection to the Lord's second coming. In a nutshell, here's the prophetic... Again, the Day of Atonement is your outlier that shows that you cannot take you know, the Feast of Trumpets and expect that Jesus is going to return during that, th that time period. Because the whole point is, no one knows the day or the hour. The significance of each of the seven Levitical feasts of Israel, Passover, pointed to the Messiah as our Passover lamb, yep. whose blood would be shed for our sins. Jesus was crucified on the day of preparation for the Passover, at the same hour that the lambs were being slaughtered for the Passover meal that evening. True. Unleavened bread, 
pointing to the Messiah's sinless life. Oh, sorry, this is a TikTok context, not cap. There you go. As leaven is a picture of sin in the Bible, making him the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Jesus' body... Again, not cap. This is true. It was in the grave during the first days of this feast, like a kernel of wheat planted and waiting to burst forth as the bread of life, first fruits, pointing to the Messiah's resurrection as the first fruits of the righteous. Again, not cap. This is a pretty good way of looking at these uh, these feasts and how Christ fulfills them. I'm I'm on board so far. Jesus was resurrected on this very day, which is one of the reasons that Paul refers to him in 1 Corinthians 15:20 as the first fruits from the dead. Mm-hmm. Weeks or Pentecost occur 50 days after the beginning of the feast of unleavened bread. Yep. Pointed to the great harvest of souls and the gift of the Holy Spirit for both Jew and Gentile, who would be brought into the kingdom of God during the church age. The church was actually established on this day when God poured out his Holy Spirit and 3,000 Jews responded to Peter's great sermon and his first proclamation of the gospel. Trumpets, the first of the fall feasts. Many believe this day points to the rapture of the church when the Messiah, Jesus, will appear in the heavens as he comes for his bride, the church. The rapture is always associated in scripture with the blowing of a loud trumpet. Now, here's where we have to do some work, and this is why all of these predictions fail, is that they try to crack a biblical code in order to come up with the time when Jesus, the actual moment when Jesus is going to return. But when we read the scriptures on this, yeah, you're not capable of figuring that out. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a look at Matthew 24 first, and then we'll take a look at 1 Thessalonians, and you'll see what, what's going on here. So in Matthew 24, Jesus left the temple, was going away. When his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple, he answered them, you see all of these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. So Jesus is at this point prophesying the destruction of the temple, which will occur, uh, you know, 40 years later in 70 AD. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? So the disciples um, want to know when the temple is going to be destroyed. And they think that that is concurrent with the sign of, uh, with something to do with Jesus's second coming and the end of the age. Jesus doesn't correct their question. He just kind of bundles them together. Then he says, see to it that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Messiah, I'm the Christ, or I'm an anointed one, and they will lead many astray. You will hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you're not alarmed. This must take place. The end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation. They will put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. That's happening now. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. That's happening now. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations then the end will come. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, this is uh, the man of lawlessness, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down and take what is in his house. And let the one who is in the field 
not turn back and take his cloak. Now, here's where Jesus starts to dovetail in here details as it relates to the destruction of the temple. And the destruction of the temple then becomes a type and shadow of the end of the world. Uh, and this is concurrent with the concept that you see in the book of Jeremiah, God's judgment. And, and so there, you know, there's uh, Old Testament precedent you know, to kind of put this, these two concepts together. And so there are details here that are clearly for the people who were living at that time. And you'll note Christians, knowing the words of Christ, when the armies of Titus were on their way to Jerusalem, uh, they skedaddled uh, because they knew that Jesus said, get out of town. And so they did. Alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, uh, pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on a Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation such as not been from the beginning of the world until now and never will be. If those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. Uh, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. And now, now he's steering again out into the end of the world. So then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, don't believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise, and they will perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. But see, I've told you beforehand. So if you say if they say to you, look, he's in the wilderness, don't go out. If they say, look, he's in the inner room, don't believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. You'll note, Christ's return will be visible and as obvious as lightning. Okay, so wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. So immediately after the tribulation of those days, now pay attention to how the order works from here. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, what's going to happen? The sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he then will send out his angels with a loud trumpet and call and call a trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heaven to the other. So note, we've got the trumpet call here. When does this take place? And this is where kind of the Feast of Trumpets is an important thing. So at the Feast of Trumpets, they don't know exactly the day or the hour when the Jewish New Year begins. Why? Because they don't exactly know when that rabbi in Jerusalem will finally see in the heavens the sign of the new year, which is the sliver of the moon. Okay, And so it could take place on the 25th, it could take place on the 26th, there's kind of a window uh, when, and when, when it could occur. So no one knows the day or the hour of the new year. That's how the Jewish New Year works. Similarly then with the return of Christ, no one knows the day or the hour. However, watch what it says in Matthew 24. The sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the heaven, the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then, then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. Okay? When the, sign, when the sign of the Son of Man appears in heaven, after the sun is darkened, after the moon no longer gives its light, 
after the stars have fallen, then you see the sign of, of, of the Son of Man in the heavens, then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He will send out his angels with a loud, what? Trumpet call. And they then will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heaven to the other. And so you'll note here, the trumpet call and when the gathering takes place is after the tribulation, after the sun, the moon, and the stars are, are pretty much gone, right? So from the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know summer is near. So also when you see these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation, the generation that sees these signs, will not pass away until these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away. My words will not pass away. Now concerning that day and hour, no one knows. No one and no one's going to figure it out ahead of time either. Uh, uh, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And then they were all swept away, uh, swept. They were all unaware until they were, a flood came and swept them away. So will be the coming of the man. Two will be in the field, one will be taken, one will be left. Two will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, one will be left. Therefore stay awake. You don't know on what day your Lord is coming. So you'll know the scriptures are clear. The gathering that takes place occurs at the visible return of Christ. That's when this takes place. First Thessalonians also bears this out. In First Thessalonians uh, chapter, hang on a second here, where did I go? Let's see here. I think it's chapter five, coming of the Lord. Uh, here we go. Uh, chapter four, Start. Yeah, here we go. Now, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. They're dead, right? That you may not grieve as others who do not have hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, we will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Okay, did you note that? Those who are alive will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Okay, pay attention to that detail. For the Lord himself, he will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. No one knows the day or the hour, right? And who's doing the blowing, <laughs> right? Okay, this isn't human beings blowing trumpets. This is, this, is, this is the host of heaven. So then the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. When you synchronize uh, the uh, the trumpet blasts uh, from Matthew 24 and 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, uh, so Matthew 24, 1 Thessalonians 4, it's very clear, okay, that, you know, the, the, the rapture as believed by people, this pre-tribulation rapture, that's not what's taught in Scripture. And that's the reason why every single uh, rapture prediction will fail, because the theology, the eschatology, the belief that Jesus is going to somehow reverse the order and the, the living are going to precede the dead and that, uh, and that somehow Jesus is going to secretly return and all this kind of stuff. Uh, no, 
pay attention. The trumpet blasts tell you how to synchronize this stuff. And those who are alive when Jesus returns, uh, it is only on the day that he returns that they will be gathered together and see Jesus in the air. So uh, every rapture prediction uh, from here, from this, you know, this year and forward, they're all going to be false because they're not paying attention to the full counsel of the Word of God, nor are they letting the clear passages govern the unclear. And that's the big problem. And that's the reason why this year's rapture prediction failed, and next year's will fail, and next year's will fail until Jesus does finally return. And we'll know, you know, he's really close when we start to see the final signs that Jesus mentions. Sun darkened, moon no longer gives its light, stars fall from the heaven, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And that's that's the time when we'll hear the trumpet. So hopefully you found this helpful. If so, all the information on how you can share the video is down below. And until next time, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen. Amen.